welcome to SED. I'm your host, Jane Dagme, Editor-in-Chief of Designers Today. SED covers the wonderful industry of interior design from various, often eclectic, angles. At its most literal, SED is the spoken complement to what's written in the pages of our magazine. Esoterically speaking, SED, S-A-I-D, stands for Something About Interior Designers. In a nutshell, the podcast is devoted to the ongoing curiosity and admiration we have for these diverse, passionate, and often quirky individuals. SED celebrates the way they think, work, live, and define themselves. Enough said. Let's get into our show. Emily Morrow Home is a luxury hardware flooring brand whose timeless designs and performance qualities align with the needs of today's discerning designers and clients. Constructed of premium North American hardwoods and featuring thicker, longer, wider planks in beautiful finishes and styles, the floors also have a surface barrier to make them splash, spill, and scuff-proof. Crafted in Tennessee by hand, inside of a medium-security prison, Emily Morrow Home is a story of second chances and taking pride in what one does. Go to emilymorrowhome.com for more information and tell them Donatella sent you. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. Today, my guest is Lindsay Humphrey. Lindsay is a serial entrepreneur in the interior design and furniture world. She and her siblings, Reed and Heather, are best known as the triumvirate behind the Alder and Tweed brand, which operates as both a large interior design firm focused on high-end second-home communities, as well as a to-the-trade home furnishings collection. Lindsay's most recent business project is in the tech space. Just this week, Lindsay and her team launched the beta version of Side Door, a new online destination for interior designers where they can curate collections of home furnishings and provide shoppable links to clients and other potential buyers. When a purchase is made, the designer earns the difference between designer net and the site's retail price, which is competitive in the marketplace with other e-com sites. Side Door fulfills the order and takes care of shipping. In our conversation, you'll discover many more details about how Side Door works. Lindsay is a California girl. Her father had a lighting manufacturing company, and so she was exposed to a part of the industry from an early age. In college, she studied poli-sci and British history and was a White House intern. And now she is deep, deep, deep in design. Her excitement over the new tool is palpable hell-bent on providing small design firms with a simple solution that allows them to play and profit in the e-com space, Lindsay believes Side Door is the answer. She says, My business has been evolutionary. I built Side Door because I needed it in my design business, and I knew others would too. I've wanted to do something to save the industry that I love and that has provided me with my career. So I put my energy into developing tools to help others in the furniture industry. Newly launched, designers can request an invitation to the site by visiting onsidedoor.com. And you can also find out more about Alder and Tweed at alderandtweed.com. And now let's get into my conversation with Lindsay Humphrey. Jane, it's Lindsay. How are you? I'm good. How are you? 
I'm doing well. I'm so sorry. I uh, I think your call went straight to voicemail. I just saw the um, voicemail pop up. So sorry I missed you. I am so glad that you um, wrote back to me because I definitely want to hear about Side Door. But tell me something. I, I just, yes. I really couldn't in my head think about it. Does Alder and Tweed show at High Point? Yeah. So Alder and Tweed are, uh, there are two companies within the Alder and Tweed family. Um, there's one that is very high-end interior design, which is probably how you heard from Peter. Yes. And the interior design company specializes in second homes Mm -hmm. and in really high-end luxury community second homes. So like we're brought on by the community to run their whole design, you know, leg and then work with their clients as they get through the design process. So some of those are some of the discovery communities like Yellowstone Club. Okay. Uh, it's part of Yellowstone Club and um, Silo Ridge in upstate New York. And then uh, a Four Seasons community um, in Cabo, Los Cabos uh, called Costa Palmas, which is just a very new community. And Alder and Tweet Design essentially just makes it more efficient for a developer to get through that process. And in a lot of cases, we do it for a lot less even though they're really high-end and very luxurious, we just have a very streamlined business approach to it. Mm -hmm. And we take the clients through that. And then, like I said, then we work with the individual clients to get their residence furnished and outfitted. And then also do all of the hospitality and in those communities. So if they do restaurants, if they do, you know, Yellowstone Club is a private ski resort. So um, we do all of their private the, you know, clubs on the mountain and then the restaurants and then the spas and then all of those kind of things. Very Um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really fun end of the industry. It's a different niche, but it's a fun niche. And how, how long has that part of Alder and Tweed, was that the original part of Alder and Tweed or what? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's been about six or I think six and a half years is what we're coming up on. Okay. So we've scaled fairly quickly. Mm Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, yeah. What was your first, I mean, did you, how did you start in that? In the industry? Yeah. So our father had a lighting manufacturing company that actually sold to a lot of the big box, like the Home Depots, the Walmarts, all of that. And mm-hmm. then also created a lot of the the lighting for um, places like Pottery Barn or um, Nima Marcus when they did in-house lines or um, you know, different overseas outfits. Okay. So at the time when he um, sold his company, you know, it was kind of the largest private label lighting company out there. Like it did all the outdoor lighting for the Home Depot, Walmarts and Lowe's, all the interior lamps, all of all of that stuff. So he got out of that business and it was publicly traded. So he had a non-compete and we love working as a family. So we came up with businesses that we wanted to start. And we thought, you know what? We're in the the industry already. Mm -hmm. We have a specialty in this. We will, you know, start in the interior design side. And it was the recession. So the recession for us was the best time to build a business because we had nothing to lose. Right. (laughs) It wasn't. It wasn't awesome, but you had nothing to lose, you know? So we started with just my two siblings and I. So it was my sister, Heather, my brother, Reed, and myself. And we just hustled it. We went up to Park City, Utah, and we said, we want to do second homes. Like, we just think that this is a kind of a fun area to be in. Yep. And 
we started, you know, reaching out to contacts and one job led to the next, led to the next, led to the next. And, and, you know, like any interior designer, you start at one price point and as you gain trust in the client, the next client, you know, elevates their taste levels and you go up and up and up until, you know, you're kind of where we're at now, which is, you know, really a luxury firm. Did you study design? I mean, who was the designer in the group or none of you? Yeah. So, so no, I did not study design. I studied political science Okay. (laughs) and my sister studied business Mm -hmm. and my brother studied design and business. So, um, we all just kind of had a really good eye and I, and I think that, you know, you can have the, you can study design and not have the taste level, or you can have the taste level and sometimes you don't study design or you have a mix of both. So, and then of and, course and the you, you we had, plus you had the business side, you know, and that's what a lot of, that's which sometimes really the hardest part to get in the industry. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Um, you know, designers are creatives and so it's really easy for them to overspend and for them to put, you know, you always put your heart and soul into a project, of course, but it comes down to, you know, it is a business at the end of the day and you have to make money and, um, you have to keep your employees fed, you know? So, so we approach it from, from the luxury aspect and and the creative aspect, but also the business aspect. And that's why we have struck such great relationships with, with major developers Yes, um, is because we come in and we provide them with a solution they haven't had before. And we're very client centric. So, you know, in this day and age when clients, you know, are are working with, you know, so many different resources, they know it's out there. So they know what they like. You know, it used to be that designers kind of led the taste of the client, but but now clients already come to you with with kind of a set look mm-hmm. and, and you have to help them realize it. Yeah. Um, and so Alder and Tweet has been really, really successful. And we branched at, at Alder a furniture division off of Alder and Tweet because we were getting so many inquiries from different markets about, hey, you know, we love your look. We want to buy your furniture. But our furniture, because of the communities we were in, was unaffordable to um, most consumers. So we created Alder and Tweed furniture to have the quality that we would put in any of our luxury homes, um, but also out at a price point that that your brick and mortar stores or your designers could sell it out to, you know, kind of more of a, of a mass market client. Okay. And that opened, when did you start the furniture? So that opened about four years ago. And um, that is in Las Vegas and in High Point. So we have a showroom in the CND building at High Point, and we share the floor with our interiors okay. on the ground floor. Okay. I have not been to your High Point showroom. I have been to the Vegas showroom several times, but in October, oh, I, I will make a point to come to the- We will yeah, love that. For sure. So that's how we kind of got into Side Door is that, um, you know, we have in our interior design business, we have 50 designers working with us. And then on the furniture side, we work with designers and we've had every touch point with a designer from an employee perspective and also from, you know, selling to them. And we understand the pain and hurdles in the industry. And most designers are small businesses. They work out of their home where they have a small workshop where there's one or two of them. Right. And they're trying to, to, you know, use their creativity and their love for the art of design, um, but also make money from it. <laughs> and that's yes. been the biggest struggle, right? Yes, yes. Just as they figured it out, something else comes up. <laughs> yes, and a, and a lot of it is is tech based, and tech based 
uh, businesses have created a lot of created a lot of competition for them. And we had so many designers come into the Alder and Tweed furniture showroom and they'd be like, we want an account, but we don't want it if you sell online uh-huh. or we want an account, but you know, we have to open a hundred accounts and we're just working out of our home. And so um, we created Sidedoor as a solution to that. We thought, you know what, how can we help these small businesses become more profitable and do some of the heavy lifting at the same time? Right. Okay. So how does it work? So this is what Sidedoor does. And this is why I think it's really unique. So it's a tool that allows the designer to sell directly to the client with one click. And so what we find right now is the majority of designers, like, like we were talking about before, are these small business designers. Like a lot of them aren't the Alder and Tweed firms, right? And they're working in smaller communities or in their cities, and they're working with one, two, three clients at a time, and they're charging for their time. And because of e-com, the client and the consumer is trained to go direct to e-com to buy things. Right. And they're going around the designer. So they're using the designer's time. They're using the designer's proposed looks. And then they go straight to the large e-tailers like the Wayfair, like the House, like the One Kings Lane. And if they don't do that, if the designer sends them a proposal and the designer is able to purchase some of the things on the proposal and some come from showrooms and some come from here and there, the designer has to build them. And these small businesses can be crippled if the client doesn't pay on time. Right. And so we thought, okay, what can we do to create a tool where we circumnavigate that? And so on side door, the client is, or the designer is able to create the entire look that they're proposing to their client with all the product on side door. So we have all of the product, all of the accounts, et cetera. They create collections those collections embed directly onto their site, onto their website, or give them a shoppable link that they send directly to their client. The prices that that collection reflects matches the Wayfair's, the houses, the One King's Lane. Okay. So the client can't go around the designer at this point. So whatever the designer proposes, if it's in the budget and if it meets the client's needs, the client won't find it cheaper. And so the client with one click can purchase directly from the designer. We fulfill all of the back end for the designer. So they don't have to create the purchase orders. They don't have to worry about the freight. They don't have to do all of that. And when the products deliver, we deposit what they would make anyway from opening the accounts themselves into their account. Wow. Okay. So um, just my first question is, how does side door profit from this? Sure. Yeah. So obviously in the industry, we know that there are a few different price points for purchasing furniture. Yes. And we know that, you know, most, most lines have a stock and dealer level, a designer level, a volume level, et cetera. Okay. So side door purchases at stock and dealer or volume yep. and sells to designers at the exact price point the line would. Okay. So we don't want to do anything that disrupts the current best practices in the industry. Got it. Okay. So that makes sense. I, I understand it now. I'm always a little bit slow. I am one of those people who is no, not, no, not no, a business no, person, no. but I get it. Okay. But whenever it's a new concept, like, of course, like we as creators forget that when we're in the slog of developing something, you know, that it, it needs to be explained right. to someone who's new to it. So. Yeah. 
So, okay. So then you, um, so you use your, your muscle from, from all the design work to you've all these accounts with these great vendors yeah, um, at great price. And then you, um, the designer, um, you offer the same price that a designer would get from those brands if they were to work directly, but you're, but you're doing all the heavy lifting for the designer and giving them that price. So, yeah. And then the designer gets to, you know, sell it to their client directly and their client who's used to one click shopping, right? They go on Wayfair, they put everything in their shopping cart, they check out. They don't want to go to 10, 15 places and uh, have to check out. So like when designers don't have, especially our smaller designers, they have maybe 10 good accounts that they use and the rest they grab from a showroom, they grab from here, there and everywhere. You know, they either have to get the client to purchase from the showroom directly or they have to build a client. And a lot of the times our designers and in all the research we've done lose a tremendous amount of money waiting for a client to pay a bill and they're left holding the bag. And so this tool allows the client to check out on the entire project or what they want out of the proposal at the same price they would buy it from the other e-com sites. Right. And in the way that they're used to, they're used to purchasing e-com. So the client purchases it, the client pays for it, the client pays for it in its totality instead of, you know, paying deposits like they would to the designer. The client's used to paying for the whole, you know, if they check out from a Wayfair or a, or a house or one King's Lane. Right. Um, and so it uses all the things that the client's used to, and it allows the designer not to have to hold the bag of, of paying for it and then billing and um, allows the, the designer not to also have her client circumnavigate her and go elsewhere and shop her. Flooring is in interior designer Emily Morrow's DNA. Born and bred in Dalton, Georgia, Emily enjoyed an exciting career in the flooring industry before bringing her knowledge, design experience, and passion for travel to her eponymous hardwood flooring collection. Impressions from a recent safari inspired new finishes such as Tusker, a clean white oak herringbone, and coordinating nine-inch wide plank whose muted striations recall parched earth and elephant tusks. Great Migration, in harmonious brown-gray tones, immortalizes the yearly trek of wildebeest. Whether the subtle canvas for your next project or the wow factor that drives the design, Emily Morrow Home Hardwood Floors provide a beautiful foundation for life to happen. Right. So how does a designer get started? We have several thousand designers have also all have requested invitations. We kind of knew that this would be the reaction because we knew that if we were in their shoes, we need this, you know? Right. Um, How have they found out about it so far? Have you sent to your lists, um, you know, social media, I mean, every kind of way or how are you marketing? We actually did a very lean marketing plan because we wanted to make sure that we brought on the kind of designers that would really see this as a, as a great resource. So we had, um, first, you know, the designers that you utilized Alder and Tweed furniture mm-hmm. and, uh, people we'd already worked with. And we really wanted to, you know, work with them first and give them the first opportunity to use this tool. So we sent out an email to them and then we sent out an email to, to other lists that we had um, for designers that were kind of that similar um, target market that mm-hmm. were the small designer that were, you know, people that weren't 
you know, uh, didn't have the large firms that would really need this in order to make their small business grow. Um, and so we just did emails and uh, we've only been doing our email marketing for about a month because we didn't want to we didn't want to get the word out too early. And we just got a tremendous response. Like it, it mm -hmm. has been pretty overwhelming. And so what we did for each designer is we gave them a place in line based on when they requested an invitation and they're onboarded onto the platform based on their place in line starting May 15th. Okay. So do they already fill out paperwork before then and get ready? Yeah. Or? So once they request the invitation, we send them emails requesting, you know, some of their credentials because it's not a, you know, forward facing site. You have to log in, you have to be a designer, you have to have credentials in order to utilize SideDoor at all. Mm -hmm. There's no charge to using SideDoor, but you know, we want to make sure that that there's not one client that can go around the designer because the design industry is so important to us. Right. So um, after they request the invitation, we then send them um, an email with some of the things that we need so that they're all kind of pre-onboarded prior to us launching. Got it. Yeah. And then how is the connection made um, on the designer's website? They have a shoppable area. Yeah. So there's two things that they can do or three things that they can do. So Side Door provides them with the option to um, add in their website credentials. And so that anytime they create a collection that they want to publish onto their website for a client or for social media fans, et cetera, they hit an embed button and it goes right onto their website into that kind of shoppable location or collections location or client location, you know, depending on how the designer wants to, to showcase that based on their own, you know, website. Um, okay. It also creates a link for them. So many designers don't even have websites that they can really work with. You know, some of them are still pretty small. Right. So they don't have that. Um, then it gives them a link that allows the client to go right to that collection and purchase there. So they don't have to have a website if they, um, if, or a, a really custom website, if they can't, you know, do all of that on their own. Um, then they can also um, do a shoppable link on Instagram. So it will take them to the collection page. So there are a few options for them to be able to utilize that e-commerce uh, piece of Tiger. And when they get to, if, if they click, if a designer doesn't have their own site and they click something, will it mention anything? Will the, the link mention anything about side door or will it be? No. no. So it goes to a private page and mm -hmm. it says it's powered by side door so that when they check out, they know that they're going to get a receipt from side door and that's what's going to be shown on their credit card. But it's all the designer, like everything on side door reflects the designers, the collections, the designer, the receipt is the designer. All of that's the designer. Okay. Let me just, I, I want to just see if I got it. So, the, but the yeah. client, if they're checking out and buying furniture accessories, they actually will pay, will the money first go to side door and then you send the designer what they, the difference? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so the way that it works is the designer um, sets up what's called a Stripe account, which is like similar to what Uber and Lyft do to pay their drivers. Um, or any sort of marketplace situation. Mm -hmm. And um, the designer sets up that account and then we direct deposit their end of the commission into the account or their their portion of the profit. Very cool. So for people that might be a little bit slow like me, do will you have will you have a, a, a collection of tutorials and clear, yes. you know, 
Mm-hmm. So there will be how-to videos right when they get on the website that shows them even how to create a collection, which is super, super simple. Like everything on this, we did very clean, very easy, very digestible. Um, and then there will be how-tos, how to set up a Stripe account, et cetera. And then we have people to help them with that if it gets really complicated. But there are help and tutorial videos at every step of the process. And for how long has this been in development? When did you start? Yeah, so uh, it's been in development a couple of years, um, and we kind of wanted to get everything on paper and get the entire reaction of the design community. So we did surveys, we talked to designers, we didn't let them know what we were up to, but we kind of, you know, said, hey, what are the challenges that you're encountering? And by and large, it was the exact same thing. Our clients are going around us to e-com. Right. And we are really struggling with billing and we're really struggling with, you know, um, opening up tons of accounts. So we thought, you know, that's kind of secondary because there are sourcing options for designers and, and we're not in that space. Um, at the same time, you know, we wanted the designer to have the ability to sell directly with one click to their own client. And that seemed to be like the ultimate solution. Like, you can help a designer refine and make their business better, certainly. But at the same time, the designer loses a major part of, of profits in their business from not selling furniture. Like we all know that you can charge, you know, clients retainers, you can charge them hourlies, but really where a lot of money can be made is selling them the furnishings in their home. Right. And um, and when designers miss out on that, they're they have businesses that that really are challenging to grow. And so we thought, how do we support these small businesses? How do we help them grow? How do we help them become more profitable right out of the gates? And so this tool is a profitability tool. It's a tool that answers all of your questions and addresses all of your needs um, to e-com right? Because these designers are having to compete against these, these giant e-tailers. Right. But it, it also seems that with all the other services that you're offering with, um, did, did I hear that you are, you're helping with shipping? I mean, you're kind of taking all yeah, the pain points. The, yeah. We take all the fulfillment out, off their plate. So we want the designer just to be able to focus on the sales and the design process. And we know that a lot of designers, especially when they're small businesses, can't hire tons of people to track orders, create purchase orders, da, 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 da. So in addition, when their client checks out, we take it from there and they just collect, they just collect their profit. Right. So you take it all the way from that point to the receiver or wherever yep. you're trucking it to. Receiver and the, or mm-hmm. some of them don't have receivers if they're, they're too small. Right. So if they're really small, we'll deliver it directly to the client. Okay. Okay. And then if there is, um, you know, what if a problem arises in the, in the shipping or when, when things are opened, you know, at the, by the receiver, if there's a problem at that point, do you, do you help with customer service? Yep. So because we are the ones placing the orders and we're the accounts of record, Mm -hmm. um, we handle any damages or claims and freight. Wow. Okay. And then just a question. I I just, you know, I like to be, I'm, my nickname is like Miss Skeptic and no, I don't mean, I but I have it. to, <laughs> I love it. so, okay. So everything happens. The designer does the install and two months later, this table, say it has this mirrored finish. It's like weird. It's flaking off. It's decomposing. 
the homeowner yeah. says, oh my goodness, this. So then at that point, what happens? We'll handle those issues. So we'll handle any issues that, that happen with, you know, product availability or mm-hmm. anything like that. We're already used to that. I'm so sure. On the, you know, furniture side, on the interior design side, we handle claims all the time. So this is, this is a place that, you know, we know how to address. Now, we know that there are people that, that I mean, unfortunately, um, in this business, you know, <laughs> people try to take advantage of the designers, of you know, or try to, so I think this is a nice line of defense. So we're able to, you know, vet that we're able to, you know, field those, those issues for the designer. So they're not having to deal with some of those things themselves. So we're kind of like your awesome assistant that helps you make money, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what it sounds like to me. I have two, one question just popped up in my head. Um, uh-huh. cause you clearly have a vetting process for designers as in, I mean, you were making sure that these are, you know, professionals that are using, Correct. that are allowed in. Is there, do you have to make, have a certain amount of billings or clients or something to come into side door? No, I am a huge advocate of small business mm-hmm. and I'm a huge advocate of people being able to start at the ground floor. I love that. Um, Amen. I start yes. at the ground floor, right? Yep. And small businesses are the backbone of this country. And the more that we take, you know, these emerging technologies and, and, and these big tech companies and these big e-tailers and, and a lot of vendors are selling to them. And it's squashing our small businesses. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I believe in talent and I believe in, in allowing these designers to have a competitive edge and they have the competitive edge because they're already the tastemaker. So what happens is clients take their ideas and go elsewhere. Well, now they don't have a reason to. So you have the competitive edge, you have the profit center and you can grow your business. Mm-hmm. And that's what is the most important thing to me with all of this. So I love, I feel that Lindsay, you know, you're doing something that's really bolstering the design community, especially for those designers who are those boutique designers, you know, because I'm sure you're involved in some of the communities online, but um, really helping them get through the e-com block (laughs) is, yeah, yeah, is really Well, you know, all those furniture made a huge decision when they first started because we were on the other end of the industry to not sell through to e-com. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we don't sell to any of the large e-com companies and we decided to invest in small business and you, and really truly small business is the furniture industry. I mean, it's not just the backbone of, of this country in general. It is the furniture industry. I mean, by and large, if any vendor looks into their books, they'll see that the majority of orders they get are from small businesses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep. and, so, and so we need to protect that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Our we're, whole industry crumbles if we don't. We're totally all into the small business here at DT. I mean, all over it. So, um, you know, keeping in touch with designers, this is so good. So, okay. My next question. And then I think, yeah. you know, um, so how are you filling it with vendors? Like what's your strategy for, I mean, you, you obviously as the Aldern Tweed design service are working with a lot of, you already have a lot of clients, but are you bringing new, new vendors in as well? Yeah, absolutely. So we want vendors that are all over the price point now yep. because we want to fulfill the needs of designers that, you know, service all types of clients. Like I don't want to, you know, pigeonhole anybody. Right. Um, 
it's easy to design a beautiful home with high-end furnishings. <laughs> we know that, you know, um, but really the creative muscle comes when people really have to be creative at lower budgets. Yep. And so we want to give them every tool and every resource. Um, we have a lot, a lot, a lot of vendors that are coming onto the platform that love the message, that love what we're doing. It takes a little bit of time to explain it to them. You know, they, there's skepticism because there's skepticism around anything online in general, and there should be. And so we're happy to talk with any vendor and walk them through why we're doing what we're doing. Um, tech is a huge risk. It's a huge investment. Yeah. It takes a very long time to become profitable. So in general, this is our investment into the community as a family. And we're shouldering the burden for a reason. Like we don't have any outside investors. We don't have any of that. We're doing this ourselves because mm -hmm. we really believe in it. So um, when vendors hear that, when they understand like that, this is really an answer to something and it's not this way to explode into this massive technology company at this point. Um, I think that they say, okay, these are industry in insiders and they understand and they get it. And um, they're doing something really neat and cool. And they're, you know, trying to help the design community, you know, become more profitable. And in the end, it kind of pays it forward because we as Alder and Tweed Furniture rely on these people to purchase our product as well. Right. So right. I hope that I hope that that's resonating with the vendors. It's resonating with most and some we have to have a longer conversation with because there's natural skepticism. Sure. Sure. And is it, is it that you take their catalogs on, like they send you and I don't know all the lingo, but, um, do, do they sort of do their catalogs yeah. go onto your, onto side door and then there's an update yeah. system. Yep. So the way that we do it is that we, um, work with whoever they have in their, you know, business with, that works with e-com. Sure. Some businesses are so small, they don't. So we're, we can take a spreadsheet. We can take a number of different ways that they can um, show their data. And then we put it on side door and we work with the vendor to set the price. So we want to use best practices in the industry again. So what is your IMAP price? Yep. What is your designer price? What is your wholesale price? We don't want to go beyond that at all. So you won't see us cutting prices to bring clients on. You won't see us do doing any of that. We want to work with the industry. Um, so however they can reveal the data to us, we um, update the data on the platform and it sorts by manufacturer and then it sorts by product category on the site itself. So there's a number of ways that they can find the product to create the collection. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I can't wait to see this in action. Um, I know. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be really. We've been seeing it every step of the way. And, you know, I always just, you know, our developers had one charge and it was to keep it simple. I think that, you know, these sites get very challenging and hard to nav navigate. These designers already have enough on their plate. So the one charge we have had at every step in the process is keep it really easy. Keep it really simple. They need to be able to find the product quickly and they need to be able to create these collections quickly because sales hinge on striking while the iron's hot. So is there, tell me something, is there a link to some sort of financial, um, like QuickBooks or how, how does the designer is, do they have an account and they can just kind of keep track of what they're selling yeah. for you? Mm -hmm. So they have a dashboard and it shows in that dashboard, how, um, all of their profit and all of their income. Okay. So they can put that into QuickBooks. 
we're not a designer software. We don't want to be a software. Um, we don't want to, you know, compete with any of the softwares. Got it. We think might be a good tool for them eventually for their designers to help them out a little bit more. Right. Um, so we're not taking over any of that end. Our tool is very simple with one purpose and it's to make designers more profitable. Um, so. so do you now, of course, this was started a, a long time ago before we were isolated from each other. <laughs> yeah. I but know. It, it feels very timely. I know. Right. Yeah. I felt the same thing. I'm like, now more than ever, like the designers need this and they need a way to showcase their collections to their clients digitally. Yeah. So designers yeah. can, can, while they're um, a, a member uh, of Side Door, they can not only create collections for their paying clients, but they could say they're feeling like, um, you know, the top 10, you know, furniture that features, you know, marble or I don't know, whatever they could pull yeah. a collection together and do like a, yep. you know, a blog or something on social media and put it out there. Make that shoppable. And if it's shoppable, it'll have its unique link. So if somebody does purchase that designer gets credit. That's a hundred percent correct. Mm -hmm. They get exactly what they would make. They had the account themselves. Okay. Got it. I have yep. to say things like a hundred times, but then, but that's no, just no, the way no, I learned. No, so no. me too. I, I'm with you. <laughs> I have been through this so many times and I, I go back to our developers and I, I talk with our team and I'm like, okay, this is how it's working and this is what they're going to need. And, you know, and we also want to just put it out there to get the designers, you know, response and know if they need more tools mm -hmm. on the platform. That's so great. we're going to build this around them. We're not going to start with everything we think they need. We're going to start with our basic tool um, with all the functionality of that tool. And then add to it based on, on their response and, and, and their feedback. And, and, you know, I have some ideas of, of what the next level of functionality will be, um, like being able to collaborate with their client real time in the collection. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also want the designer to say, Hey, this is what's challenging to me. And, and this is what we'd appreciate you adding to this. Like, I really want everything to be about helping them grow their business. Right. So right. Any part of that. Awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. You know, oh, it's fun. It's, it's a fun behemoth to take on. This has been one of the biggest challenges of my life, but it's because we are in a very antiquated industry. And so a lot of this has been, you know, it has been the longest and most laborious process, you know, getting to a point where we could actually do this for designers, but it has been well worth the effort and the investment. I have one more question for you, and yeah. um, I don't know much about your family, but um, is your father still living and all? Yeah. Okay. So, yes. what does he say when he, you know, here he was, you know, he was in lighting, and then the family sort of said, you know, grew their own design business. What does he say about all this that you've created, and is he involved well, at all? Yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> so my father is someone that like always taught us to dream big, and is a big believer in being a business entrepreneur and, and in ideas and in things that can help people and all of that. And so he's very supportive. Like he's always just like, yes, you know, let's mm -hmm, do it. Mm -hmm. Like we'll find, when you have a passion for something, you find a way to make it work. And, um, you know, he's also, I, I, my father's biggest tagline is one failure leads to the next success because you can only find out what works based on, you know, trial and error. 
And so I think that that gives you kind of a longer, you know, um, a longer, I would say, oh, how, how would I phrase this? It gives you more time to develop because businesses are, are organic and they change as they go, you know? So like Side Door started with this idea, but it has organically changed as we've developed it and gotten feedback from the design community. So, um, you know, there have been, you know, some bumps in the road, but those bumps in the road have led us to, you know, better solutions. Yep. So I think, you know, that's kind of, you know, my father's biggest business lesson. And it's been one that we've taken and put in every business because when we started Alder and Tweed, the design company, you know, like I said, we started during the recession. So we've really had to say, you know what, we can do this. You know, we can build a business. And we started small, just like all the designers that Scyther is going to cater to. And I know exactly where they've been. And so I'm glad that my dad gave me the lesson of, hey, businesses grow, businesses change, businesses are organic. It's okay if it starts small. It's okay if there are some things that are broken along the way, you can fix them. Thanks so much for listening to Seb. I sincerely hope you got something of value from the podcast that feeds your brain and fills your heart. If you like the podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. If you're in the interior design trade and related industries and would like to sign up for a complimentary subscription to the printed or digital magazine, visit designerstoday.com right now and sign up. Until next time.